Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome to another episode in Sovereign Self. Today, we are going to talk about relationships, especially under the current conditions we have going on where we're feeling cut off from people we're usually close to or maybe we're way too close to people (laughs) that we're not used to being around quite as much as this. And so my guest today, Jeannie Goodwin, is a certified relationship coach and she's got credentials like as long as my arm. And a little background on Jeannie Goodwin. By her 18th birthday, she was married to the man of her dreams. She landed her dream job just three years later, and then she was fired in less than a year and realized her marriage was in a shambles. This created a drive in her to find better ways to grow healthy, strong, passionate relationships that would bring success at both home and work, because lonely at the top is not success. Jeannie created the Relationship Revolution, say that three times fast, Relationship Revolution, which has revolutionized marriages, families, and companies all over the world. She has been coaching and training people into their immediate breakthroughs for over 25 years. Dubbed by her clients, my relationship genie, she delivers dynamic programs which result in transformation, whether it's in companies, five-star resorts, or at the University of Hawaii, or as the resident success coach on Maui's Wild 105 radio station. Jeannie and her husband have now been married for 40 years, and they have three wonderful children. They reside in Boise, Idaho, when they are not traveling the world. Welcome, Jeannie. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for our, for our interview today. Yes. Um, you know, I read these bios, and they're so amazing. You've done so much stuff. You've impacted so many lives. But that's the end result. That's the finished, polished picture. Take us behind the curtain a little bit. How did you start out on this journey? What was that like? How did I start out on this? <laughs> yes. You know go, go back to the first inspiration. <laughs> okay, well, here's the deal. I actually grew up very poor in California, the youngest of eight children. And the wound that I carried most of my life was rejection. When your whole family says, not Jeannie, she's too little, she's too small, we don't want her, oh, Ma, do we have to? And it was the entire family. Wow. Um, And I carried this wound, which put a desire in my heart to create really connected, really healthy relationships. Now, There's actually, my family's amazing and wonderful, but you know, we all go through things and we decide that it's a wound, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) But it's the fodder for something amazing in your life if you're smart and you figure out what the actual gift is. Absolutely. And that's one thing I share with my clients a lot. It's like, I know it looks like a big sucky shit sandwich, (laughs) but life wraps the best gifts in the suckiest wrapping paper. It's amazing. So let's go get it. (laughs) 
got, it creates this drive in you. And I came to this belief that every problem in life is actually a relationship problem. It's either an internal relationship problem yep. or an external relationship problem or an eternal relationship. Relationship. Problem. Yes. If you're talking Why about the I design, here? divine, right? My purpose. What's going on? Why do I have to go through this? Right. Or an intimate relationship problem. Right. Yes. Yes. So every problem in life is a, is a relationship problem. And so it just created a drive in me to how do you create strong relationships quickly? <laughs> I'm all about quick. <laughs> exactly. I need it now. <laughs> and make them fast and make them deep and make them, um, make them long lasting. How do you actually do that? And it just became a drive in my life. And I've been a personal development junkie and a woman of faith since I was yay high. And between those pieces, the end result is what you read at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell me a little bit about that eternal relationship that you've got going. When did you first realize that you were accompanied? You were not alone uh, here, even though maybe uh, your family's marginalized you a little. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would, uh, I would go to school. My brothers and sisters would leave me behind because I was little and I walked too slow, right? <laughs> and I would know that I was not alone. I would know in my heart that I was walking with God. And I always remember just singing songs to God and talking to God because he would listen, right? Yeah. <laughs> the only one that was listening, maybe, but... Got it. You got it. And so there was just this connection in my heart that I always knew that, that I walked with God. I always knew. I always like to say, you, you know, we are spirits mm -hmm. living in bodies. Yep. And you can't turn the spirit off. So whether or not you recognize it or acknowledge it or walk in the fullness of it almost has nothing to do with it because you can't turn your spirit off. If you did, we'd call that dead. Right? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> So you just being more and more aware of your spirit and your spiritual connection. Uh, we're all spiritual because we are spirits. Absolutely. And I know for myself, once I was willing to acknowledge that there's much more to this life than two plus two equals four, and that there are amazing things that happen that science cannot explain, my life got a heck of a lot better. Because uh -huh. up to that point, I've been just kind of counting time. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can I retire? Can I stop doing this shit? Can I, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, but once I started living soul first and following the guidance that's being given to me, it all shifted. So you mentioned very young, you knew you were walking with God. You talked with God. He kept you company on the way to school. How did that relationship for you unfold as you got older? Um, I think uh, the well, I you know I grew up Catholic actually, and so we went to church every Sunday, and uh, that didn't actually do much for me, to be honest. Uh, yeah. It was more religious than relationship for me personally. Yeah, and I, was, I, that's one of the things I've noticed about religions that at their highest and best, they show you how to step into that relationship, but most of them are not functioning there. <laughs> it's a it's a matter of presence. Yeah. The key to relationships is a matter of presence. Are you present in the rituals or are they just stuff that you have to get through so that you can retire, right? Or yeah, exactly. Or, or the donuts and the coffee afterwards, right? You got it. Or, you know, when I finally get to sing or when I finally get to go out to breakfast afterwards and where I totally actually show up and I'm present. It's a matter of 
as presence is really all it is. Yeah. Um, but when I was uh, 13, I, I, I had the born again experience where I actually uh, was told the story of, of my savior and what he paid for and how much he loved me and how much he wanted to be in a deeper level of relationship with me than I had experienced before. And uh, that I became a Jesus freak. <laughs> <laughs> so take us into that, uh, that born again experience with you. Oh, wow. How amazing. I got to go to a youth camp off Catalina Island, um, on Catalina Island, off the coast of California. Mm. And, um, and it was a bunch of youth and uh, some bands, some worship bands, and some, some uh, amazing preaching where they bas- basically just told the story of how loved you are um, and whether or not you want to accept the love that's been paid for for you so that you can have a sinless relationship with a sinless God. That's really the, that's really the story. Would you like this here? I'm handing it to you. I paid the price. I'd like you to have it. Right. And you can say yes. And you can say no. And none of that will ever affect how much I love you. And I'll always be here for you. Amazing story. And absolutely amazing. Unconditional love. There it is. Yes. And it's absolutely magnificent to be able to accept it into your heart and begin to walk in it for yourself and with others. It it is what you talked about. It changes everything in your life. You're never alone. You're never on your own. You never have to figure it out by yourself. (laughs) You're always backed by the God of the universes. It's just an absolutely outstanding truth. Um, so I, uh, I accepted the gift <laughs> and, uh, they, we did a, um, baptism in the ocean there and that was amazing. And, uh, so that's how I began to uh, grow in my walk with God. Mm. So tell me a little bit about the internal emotional experience that you went through around that, because I know these sorts of things, are, the spirit and the emotions tie in very closely together. Well, that was beautiful. That was beautifully spoken. Um, in truth, your emotions come from your spirit. So yeah, they're tied together. <laughs> That's where they are flowing from. Yes. yes. Um, what did the, what did the, you know what? That was so long ago, to be perfectly honest. I'd prefer to take it to today. What Let's do that like then. Today, to yeah. walk in the spirit, to walk with God, to walk in the source of all love. Um, every morning I spend my time connecting with God, uh, talking to him about what's on my mind, what's on my plate. <laughs> What are my dreams? How do I move forward? What's the difference I'm here to make in this in this world? And how do I go about doing it? And having access to a two-way conversation with a real God brings a level of peace, a level of security in this uncertain world we're walking in right now that really cannot be moved, that I'm unstoppable, I'm unshakable, and it doesn't matter what happens around me because I'm never alone. Yes, I love that. Um, I notice every now and again with clients of mine, something will happen in their world. There's a little earthquake, whether it's in their work life or their family life or their health or what it is, and they will uh, arrive occasionally going, 
ah, oh, I'm freaked out. I'm freaked out. I'm not protected. This thing arrived in my life. I'm like, whoa, pump your brakes. <laughs> so, and I think it comes from this space of expectation that the water will always be calm and still. Is that, is, yeah, she laughs. <laughs> Has that been the case for you? No, not at all. My belief is that life is a great adventure and calm water is boring. <laughs> it's necessary from time to time, but life is a great adventure of ups and downs and learning and expanding and making the difference that only you can make. And most of the time, you don't even know what that is. Exactly. Well, and I find when I'm following my soul-led path, that um, I think I'm going one place and then there's like this sudden left turn that happens. (laughs) And I end up in this amazing spot that I never imagined was even possible. Yes, absolutely. That's actually the story of my life. Walking with I end up all over the planet doing all kinds of wild, wacky, crazy, amazing, wonderful things. Give me an example of one of these left turns from your journey. Where did you think you were going and what happened? (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, I have three children and uh, my eldest, when she was, I think she was 11 or 12, she comes to me and she says, Mom, I want to go on a mission trip to um, Ecuador. Oh, cool. Okay, great. Did God tell you to go on that mission trip? She said, Mom, God told me to go on that mission trip. I said, well, great. Now you just need to go ask your father. So she says, okay, my father, right? She goes to her dad and her dad says, absolutely not. It's unsafe. You are not going. And she comes back to me and she's crying. And uh, she says, mom, dad said no. I said, now hang on a second. Did God tell you to go to Ecuador on this mission trip? Yes. Okay, great. But dad said no. I said, hang on a second. Did God tell you to go? She said, yes. I said, Great, but Dad said no. We did that three rounds. And yeah, I exactly. <laughs> I said, hang on a second. Are you going to trust God or not? Like, God told you to go. You honored your father. Now just trust God and let's see what happens. Well, two days later, we did not have another conversation with my husband, but he comes up to me out of nowhere and he says, hey, did you make reservations for you and your daughter to go to Ecuador? I said, of course not. He said, well, why not? Your daughter wants to go to Ecuador. <laughs> I find myself in Ecuador because he insisted that she couldn't go alone. It was unsafe. Like, I was not planning on going to Ecuador. (laughs) Why would I go, right? (laughs) Next thing I know, through a series of amazing God steps, you know, you meet somebody standing in line at a bus in another country where you don't even speak the language, and all of a sudden I find myself on a cruise ship going through the Galapagos Islands. And each night, a different person would sit at my table, and it would be one of those God conversations. Mm -hmm. One of those, you know, my wife is divorcing me, or I'm losing my business, and I'm coaching them through where they're at and how how to maneuver at the highest level of self they can, and grow through it, which is my favorite thing to do. And I go to bed that night, and I'm thinking, what am I doing in Ecuador? Good Lord, I didn't even know the Galapagos was near here. <laughs> and I hear God clear as day say to my heart, if you had a child on the other side of the word, the world, and they needed help, wouldn't you move heaven and earth to get them help? 
I said, of course I would, Lord. He said, well, that's what I did, and that's what you're doing here, and you talk to everybody I place at your table. You do what I tell you to do, and you and I are going to make the difference that only you are here to do. I have stories like that. I love that. I love on. It, like, I didn't know I was supposed to be there. You just kind of follow. Yeah, you just flowing follow. your heart. Exactly, exactly. Trust. Right? Yeah. I love and those kind these of These things happen. They're, they're stunning. They're amazing. They're just, oh. and you feel so honored to do what your life's work is here to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love those kind of trips. <laughs> yeah, my, hu- my husband hates them because he likes everything planned out. And if his flight's delayed or something, it's like, ah, he just freaks out and it's the world's worst trip. Whereas I've learned since I've started on this soul guided journey that it's like, okay, take me the optimal way, the optimal path. And it took a while for my ego to realize that this doesn't mean that I arrive as planned or on the time I thought I was going to arrive, but I, I pass through the lives of the people I need to touch. And so I, I end up getting bumped onto other planes. I end up taking a a train instead of a bus or, Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Love that. I love that. Well, we are coming up on our first break here, and I want to hear more about this relationship revolution. (laughs) So I'm going to just tease that we will begin talking about some of that when we come back from the break. Until then, what I'd like you to do, grab a pen and paper and just note down some of the times where your travel has been derailed. And recall what happened in the process of getting to your destination by that alternate route. And see if there were not some angels or people in need of help that were put in your path on that trip. So hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. 
We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here talking with Jeannie Goodwin today. And before the break, we were talking about how sometimes we end up on these spirit-guided journeys that take us on these windy courses through places we had never planned to be, (laughs) where we meet people who help us or who we can help on our journey. And I just love that. And I, I know right now, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty going on with the pandemic and this sort of thing. And I know from my personal experience, if I get anxious and fearful, it's kind of harder for me to dial in and to hear the whispers from God, my higher self, whatever you want to term it. So how do we deal with fear and uncertainty when they pop up? Because, I mean, there's, there's good reason for them to pop up right now. Oh, yeah. It's a really, it's probably one of the hardest times most people have ever faced in their life right now. Um, you know, uh, how do you deal with fear? Here's my belief about um, fear. Humans are actually run by the power of faith. All of us. We do what we believe, period. That's how we work. And whatever we believe is what we're going to feel and then act on. And fear... And and it's what we're going to see as well. It it acts as a filter. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... Fear is nothing but your faith running in reverse, running in the negative. Mm. It's the exact same force running in a direction you don't want to (laughs) go. So how do you you put the brakes on that train and get it turned around? So so, uh, the the blessing, I believe, about what we're going through right now, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, is that in truth, um, you know, they're, they're... talking about it as if it were the Great Depression, and I've been calling it the Great Reset. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Great Reset, because what's happening is um, every pattern that you were running your life on is now pretty much gone. Yeah, everything's been broken down, and you've been shaken down to the foundations. You've got it, and over almost 90% of our lives are actually run by habit pattern, which means we're unconscious for almost 90% of our lives. That's Mm -hmm. all been wiped out, and it's time to get conscious. It's time to do this great reset. It's time, you're noticing what the world... Yeah, it's like your soul has set you on the sofa and said, think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Yes, absolutely. Choose your life. It's time to choose your life. It's time to wake up and decide what's essential in your life. You notice that's what the world did. The world said, okay, only essentials. That's the only thing we can do. You're allowed to do is the essentials. And that's the truth. When crisis hits, it's time to go back to the essentials. But the essentials may not be what you've been living out. Oh, yeah. But what are your essentials? It's like time to decide what's essential to my life to make me feel like I'm alive, like I'm giving my gift, like I'm making a difference. The the essentials have to be health, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. what's under attack right now. Most people, the the essentials have not been health. It's time to build your immune system. It's time to get healthy. It's time to eat, to fuel yourself, not to make yourself (laughs) 
fat and filled with disease, right? Exactly. It's time to exercise. It's time to... Um, so it's time to go plant a vegetable garden, which is what I did oh, this spring. Yes. Right, right. In order to feed yourself healthy, right? Instead of the, the great American diet, which is called the sad diet, right? There's a reason it's sad, yes. <laughs> and relationships should really be essential. That's really what counts right now, especially in a time when you're locked away and you're right, self-isolating. Uh, well, okay. And that brings up a whole nother topic. Okay. Yeah. Some of us may be going through an experience that looks like my spouse and I have been headed kind of different directions. We were like co-parent children. We're not really partners anymore. And now suddenly we're all cooped up in the house together. And, you know, it becomes apparent that there are cracks and fissures and places where we're rubbing each other wrong. Help! <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me help. Let me finish my last um, little piece about fear and uncertainty. Okay, okay. Let me just add one more piece, and that is what I want you to do is I want you to, I want you to think as if you're a year in the future from this and look back at this time and think about what made you so proud of yourself. What did you learn? What did you grow in? What did you set up in your life? And that will help with the fear and the uncertainty because now you'll have a plan. This is what I'm going to do to move out of fear and mm -hmm. into faith. This is what I'm going to build. So the next question about, I, I call it alone together, right? Alone together, yes. <laughs> Cooped up alone together. Because you're together all the time and you feel alone right next to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which which speaks to what you brought up. Um, there's some fissures and some holes in the relationship that you haven't ever dealt with. So the answer is going to be begin to create what you want in the relationship that you don't have yet. Yes. So if what you want is some connection, then you're going to have to start to do things on purpose that you probably don't feel like doing. <laughs> that will build connection, right? Um, so when my husband's been home in the house with me for two months and we're both working in our offices and then you come out, you're kind of like exhausted. You got this zombie look on your face, right? Um, and you got nothing to give. So what I did was I went, okay, as a high performer, I'm a certified high performer, high performance coach. Um, one of the tools we use is we use 50-minute timers mm -hmm. for work blocks. So at the end of 50 minutes, you take a break. You do a, a reset on your, on your brain so that you can come back even stronger, even more, um, more clearer and work uh, at a high-performance level. So at my 50-minute timer, typically, I would slide across the wood floors to trigger myself to go back into joy. So mm -hmm. I need a trigger for joy. Oh, okay. I like that. That's a nice physical one, too. Yeah. We used to do it all the time as kids, right? Put on your socks and go, whee! Absolutely. So my whole home is all wood floors, so I can slide anytime I need some joy, which is usually when I don't have it, right? So I'm yeah. going to cheer for joy. The next thing I do is I go get myself a full glass of water because I need to fuel the body in order to, to perform the way that I'm requiring it to. And then I would get an extra glass of water and I would bring it to my husband and I would make sure that I touched him, skin to skin touching. Men actually have 15 times higher desire and need for skin to skin touching that, than women do. Mm -hmm. And what it did was it took me 30 seconds 
I created a connection with him. I began to feed his need for skin-to-skin -skin hunger and make sure that every hour on the hour, it didn't take me hardly any time, but he got connected with I would usually mm. wink at him as I walked away because he was probably in a Zoom meeting, right? Yeah, in the middle of something. <laughs> you got it. So he felt cared for, he felt connected with, and he felt that lovely, passionate little touch. And I'm always looking for fast, powerful, get her done, get your breakthrough now. How can we do what we need to do in our relationships without it overwhelming us with the amount of time it takes, right? Okay, yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed with relationships, especially when they've gotten off the track and there's, there's these spots where we're rubbing each other raw, um, it really takes two to bring that sucker back from the brink. What, what do you do if it feels like your partner is not really interested in playing that game? You, you touch him and he goes, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my belief is that it actually only takes one person walking in love to transform anything. It doesn't take two. It's never taken two. And if you think that it takes two, you're making yourself a victim because you're way more powerful than you ever, ever understood that you are. And love is 100% always going to be the answer. So, Beginning to unleash loving touches, mm -hmm. loving conversations. Look, if he were to leave because it's not working and it hasn't right. been working for a very long time, wouldn't he go looking somewhere for love? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that what he's going to look for? So why don't you deliver it? Yeah. That's just the way that I look at it. And um, when I'm working with couples – probably 80% of my relationship clients, it's only the one person that wants to work on it. Mm. The other person is gone. And I tell them all the same thing. One person in walking love because they're going to go look for love. So let's just give him some. Okay. Yeah. So when a man pulls away from you, that, that means a number of different things. Most often I would start with respect. I would start showing and speaking respect because Love to a man is the word and the action of respect. Mm. So if he's not feeling loved, he's pulling away from you, he's not feeling respected by you. So oh. I would actually start putting that in sentences. Well, I respect that you're having a hard day today. Or I respect that you, you know, want to handle it that way. Or I, I would actually just start using the word so that he will respond with the love you're pouring on him. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it can be a little hard to change reflective um, ways of being. So how do, you, how do you recommend if we're trying to, to change an entrenched pattern, bringing that to the conscious forefront and being able to kind of repattern yourself? I, I discovered when I was training my dog that it was more about training me than the dog. <laughs> and I suspect this falls kind of in a similar category. Yeah, so I'll give you two things for how to rewire your brain, basically, is what we're talking about. <laughs> the first thing is to create a new habit pattern, right? In order to create a new habit pattern, you need a trigger. You mm -hmm. have to have a trigger that says, go do this now. Yeah. Then you have to know what the this is. You have to know very specific, explicit steps that actually work. And then you have to reward yourself. 
Ah. This is what creates a habit pattern. If you miss any piece, if you miss the trigger, if you miss the actual actions and words that work, or if you miss the reward, your brain will actually tell you, don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, this is not good for me. Yeah, because yeah, like, habits so come from the initial rewarding thing. So, yeah. so begin rewarding everything you see that's good, either in him or in you. And let, let's use something like, you know, in this alone together time, in this pandemic time, when you're locked in a house with somebody and they're driving you nuts and they're irritating you. Yeah, they're what doing that. They're making that noise that makes me nuts. <laughs> you got it. He, I hate the way he chooses food. You know what yes, I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. He can't breathe right around me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So what I do is I actually use the irritation as my trigger. Ah. So I decide, okay. What's the best of me? How's the best of me going to show up? And then, so now I've got the behavior. So I've got the trigger and I've got the behavior. And then I simply need to reward myself. So uh, let's say he leaves his socks on the floor. Again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So every time I saw the socks, I would give my, that's my trigger. Oh, and I would say something out loud like, mm, that's the man I'm here to love. And now what I've done is I've said something and felt something that makes the best of me show up. Ah. And then, yeah, baby. Good job, girl. <laughs> you got it. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm Pat here. yourself on the back. Now, I don't want you to think that that means you can't get him to pick up his socks. But what I do want you to think is use every irritation that's pulling the worst out of you and causing damage as a trigger to pull the best out of you. Then we'll teach him how to pick up his socks, right? Okay, so tell me how you teach him to pick up his socks <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cool. Um, I call it an axe conversation, axe, A-X-E, an axe conversation, um, where you basically make the problem the problem, not the person the problem. So the right. first step is to separate the problem from the person so that you can ax the problem, not the person, right? Right, right. Okay, and then you start, once you know what the actual problem is, socks on the floor, right? Yes. Then you start the conversation with appreciation. Okay. Every conversation should be started with, man, I so appreciate who you are in my life and how hard you're working and, uh, and you know, what's important to you. Start the conversation with appreciation. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And the X would be be phenomenally explicit about what you need. Explicit. Right. So, um, I need the socks picked up off the floor every morning by 7 a.m. Okay? Very explicit. I need right. socks by X time. Right. Then I would add what it means to me. Oh, man, it just takes the pressure off my shoulders. And then finally, you would say something along the lines of creating partnership. Uh, and that's also the X, creating partnership. So it would be something along the lines of, do you need anything from me so that you can get your socks up off the floor every morning by 7 a.m.? Exactly. We're going to create partnership. Right? Yeah, maybe he needs the laundry basket to be empty so there's a place for them to go. Who knows, right? You don't know until you say, ask. <laughs> he might even say, could you just remind me? Yeah. Just remind me. 
Because obviously they, it doesn't mean anything to him. It doesn't irritate him. It, he doesn't even notice it. So asking to be reminded is actually creating partnership. It's not putting the honest of relationship back on you. It's right. just creating partnership, right? So Beautiful. no matter what he says, figure out how to create partnership in the answer. And then E would be end well. End every conversation well. Say, um, wow, thanks for solving this for me. You're my hero, and I really appreciate how you show up for me when I need it. Or let's just say you didn't come to an agreement at the end of it. Yeah. And you're still kind of working on it. End the conversation well. Say, thanks for talking to me about this. I mean, I just appreciate that you helped me solve my problems. And, you know, we haven't done this one yet, but we will. I know we'll figure this out. So I just appreciate your time and your effort and your and your love and your concern for me, right? Just end it well so that you keep the door open that we, as in partnership, walk out everything together. We've gotten through harder things. We'll get through the socks. I know we will, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. We are coming up on our next break. So if you're out there listening to this, I want you to get your pen and paper, write down those three act steps, and we'll review them when we come back from the break so you make sure you don't miss anything. So hang with us. We'll be right back. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I am here with Jeannie Goodwin. And we were talking about how you get your husband to pick the socks up off the floor, please. <laughs> so Jeannie, could you go through the, the three steps quickly that I asked people to note down before the break so that way if they missed one, they can refresh it. A-X-E. 
A is for appreciate. Always start every conversation with appreciation. X is for be explicit and create partnership in the answer. And E is for end well. <laughs> yes, I love that. Ah, this is amazing. Now, what about if you have a partner who's doing something even more annoying and maybe harder to change than simply picking up socks? Um, like, you're living with an anal retentive nitpicky person who's always correcting your grammar or telling you to do it a different way or that sort of thing. How do you cope with that sort of behavior that's coming your direction? Well, let me answer this two different ways because um, we've all been through it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't do a single thing to please this person. <laughs> yeah, so I want you to know that's 100% normal. That doesn't mean that you've got a broken person or you're broken or anything is really drastically wrong. It's just normal. We are humans and we drive each other nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so somebody, somebody driving you nuts. If, if it's a time like we're in right now where, where it's highly stressful for everybody right. on the planet, right? The first thing I would think my way through is what, um, what coping mechanisms are they using? Because some people use food, mm -hmm. right? Some people use alcohol, some people use weed, some people use exercise, some people dive into Netflix and never come out. Yeah. <laughs> they're coping mechanisms, right? Right. So, so it might be their stress coping mechanisms. And if you just can look at it like that, then you can start to bring the best of you to the equation instead of judging them for doing something wrong. Because I'll tell you, right. Judgment will destroy every relationship on the planet. Absolutely. Period. It'll it, even re destroy your relationship with yourself, which is why so many coaches have you work on that little voice that you use to talk to yourself with. <laughs> got it. So even self-judgment is, yeah. is, uh, is, uh, causes damage. So, so let's get rid of the judgment first and foremost. And is that just some uh, coping mechanism? Secondly, is it because of high levels of stress? So if it's because of high levels of stress, the next thing I would ask my client or myself is, how can you bring the stress levels down? Well, right. yeah, because you can't make COVID go away. That's it's right. going to be here. You're still stuck in stay-at-home orders. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you work with it? That's right. So you can even ask your partner, your boss, your team member who's stressing out what would, what would help your stress levels, right? And then help them either deliver that to themselves or deliver that to them, right? So now you're actually working on what the real problem is. Yeah. And then, so, so working on the real problem really helps, right? Instead of making the behavior the problem, we found out that it's actually the stress. So let's bring the stress levels down. And then Finally, I want you to always remember that your emotions are your emotions or not anybody else's. You're 100% in charge of your own emotions. And when you make somebody else in charge of your emotions, you make yourself a victim. Yeah, this is true. But it's a hard shift to make initially because it, it seems like it's such a reflexive thing, right? They, they criticize me and I immediately feel hurt or less than or whatever that emotion is. How do you right. start to decouple that? So uh, one of the things high performers are known for 
is they know who they are. They've like decided, I am this kind of a person and this is how I treat others. So they decide ahead of time, I'm large and in charge and these are the character qualities that are important to me that I will display in my life. So if you start inward here, I know who I am. I'm a woman of joy. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> I'm a woman of, of wisdom. I'm a woman of strength. Can you tell? Yes. Right? I've decided who I am. And then I exercise those character qualities. And this is how I do it. I actually put a timer on my phone that goes off one to three times a day, reminding me of the character quality I want to display today. Oh. So I'm actually training myself, and when the little alarm comes off, I do a couple of things. I go, hmm, haven't been that. Let's step into it now. Let's feel it now. Let's feel the strength flowing through my body now. Let's slide across the wood floors and get some joy flowing in this body right now, right? Let's feel what it feels like when you're filled with wisdom and you know what to do. So I actually trigger myself on a regular basis to show up that way. It creates the habit pattern, and that's now what takes over my life. Give me some examples of things that you do to trigger these different emotional states. I love the sliding across the wood floor, <laughs> but when you're you know, tired and your ass is dragging, how do you feel like strong? Sure. So one of the ways that I built joy into my system in addition to the sliding, uh, when I, before I came up with the wood floors, I would put a timer on every hour on the hour, and for 30 seconds, I would just laugh. <laughs> 30 seconds. I would actually put a timer on and laugh for 30 seconds. Now, I know it sounds insane, but here's the truth. When I do that, my immune levels go up. Right? Yes. My stress levels go down. My dopamine levels go up. I think clearer. I make my body healthier and stronger, right? I exercise yeah. my face. I get really loud. It's hysterical. So I'm just looking for exercises mm -hmm. to be the woman I've decided to be. That takes me out of victimhood, and this is how I show up. You can also do... Um, what I call power questions. So when something's going on in, uh, in a relationship, whether it's at work or at home, and you get triggered, and you know you got triggered, right? You're like, oh, man, I don't deserve that. I ask myself a question. Okay. What's happening? Your brain is going, I don't deserve that. That thought process is unleashing chemicals of I'm not good enough, depression, stress in your mm -hmm. body so you're physically feeling it. So I just ask myself a, di a different question. I have a question that says when we're in a fight, I use a, how can I use this to get closer? Ah, I like that. How can I use this to get closer? Um, when I'm being put down, where do I need to grow right now? Yes, the one that I love to give to my clients is, how does this serve me? Beautiful. Or, does this serve me, right? Does this serve me? No. Okay, I'm doing something else now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. How can I unleash more love? And, I, and notice I, I use the word more love 
presupposing that I was already unleashing love, which makes me feel better, right? Well, and I suspect that's probably also one of the qualities that you have decided you will embody. Absolutely. I walk in compassion. It's who I am. Absolutely. So really the, the, the key to all of this is sitting down and deciding who you are, who's the best of you, how you want to show up, and then creating a series of exercises to get you there instead of waiting for circumstances to somehow prove you might have been the best, but you never really were, right? Yes. <laughs> oh. let's, let's not use outside circumstances to decide what kind of a person you are. Let's decide ahead of time and then create yourself a plan to make sure that it happens. Exactly. I love that. Yay. <laughs> So how else can we use the current uncertainty to build stronger relationships, not just with our spouse, but our family, or maybe even coworkers who are now no longer sitting in the cubicle next to us, but maybe over a Zoom call or something? Yeah, how can you use, oh gosh. Um, yeah, things have just gotten really weird, haven't they? <laughs> again, um, you can feel really overwhelmed by a couple of things. Um, by the loneliness. You know, before the pandemic happened, the Surgeon General two years ago had announced that there is a pandemic of loneliness on the planet. And it's amazing that in the midst of all the social media and, you know, the nonstop connections, humans are feeling deeply, deeply alone. And again, when you feel alone, the chemical reaction in your body actually makes you physically sick, it takes you into depression, takes you into suicide if you take it far enough, right? Mm -hmm. Again, what I'm saying is you're in charge of all of your emotions and your emotions come from what you're thinking and then acting on. Right. So how can I use this time? I, I would honestly go back to what kind of a friend do I want to be? In other words, I always want to be in charge of me. I don't want other people to be deciding what kind of a person I am, what kind of a woman I am, the legacy that I left in my life. I want to be in charge. It's my life. It's my choice, right? Yeah. And then who are the most important people in my life? And then once a day, I would actually put it on my calendar and I would reach out to at least one person a day, whether it's a text or a phone call or even a postcard. Can you believe it? If somebody would get a postcard, right? Oh, or a Zoom you don't call. get those anymore. It's, this is a delightful thing to get a card in the mail. It's really delightful. So once a day on my calendar, it's a time when I'm going to connect with another human being that I want to be important to me who maybe hasn't been important to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's on my calendar. That's, that's what I do. I've got a 15-minute slot in my calendar of when I reach out to somebody. Maybe I send a present. Maybe I just, I just call. You know, hey, I got 15 minutes. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about this funny story. Remember when we did this? Or I'm just really lonely today, and you can help me. You can be my answer to my loneliness. I mean, you can play this any way you want to. You can be real. You can be thoughtful, right? Right. You can be funny. Any kind of adding fun to your life in the midst of the amount of pressure, fun is a phenomenal answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Add any kind of fun to your relationship that you can. You know, for Mother's Day, um, 
my kids all called me and they got on a Zoom call and uh, and so we're all kind of looking at each other blinking, right? You know, <laughs> like okay, who, who who's going to go first? What are we going to talk about? Or <laughs> they're all talking at the same time and you can't hear anybody, right? And uh, finally, I said, okay, guys. I want to know the funniest thing about me, the funniest thing that you think about me. And I let them all go through and talk about the funny things that they thought about me. And then I wanted a little more connection. So then I asked the question, I said, now what, like, what's something that you admire about me? Would you, would you tell me something you, and they all went through and they told me something. And by the end of the call, I'm crying. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh. The best. You guys are the best. But I didn't, you know, I let them go funny first. And, uh, and I didn't go irritate. What irritates you about me? <laughs> yeah, no. They'll tell you that on their own <laughs> in <Yeah>. the moment. <laughs> they will. And you know what? If they did, what an amazing gift that is. I know it doesn't sound like one, but what an amazing gift. If somebody has got the kind of courage in your relationship to tell you what irritates them, and you can actually create an ax conversation and work out what would, what would make the relationship better. Yes, that exactly. That would be amazing. Amazing relationships at work. Could you imagine if at work you could tell your boss what irritates you? Ooh, without getting fired. <laughs> you got it. You've built such a level of trust, such a level of connection, and such a level of value of what you bring to the organization that you can actually have that kind of a conversation. That builds magnificent teams when you can do That's that. That's a beautiful thing, which kind of segs us nicely into our last couple minutes here, because I know you brought a guest for our listener, a, a guest. My guest brought a gift, there we go, for our listeners. So tell me a little bit about the gift you brought with you. Oh, you know, I have this amazing uh, best-selling book called How to Win Her and Influence Him. It's really about relationships, relationships at home and relationships at work. It's about the difference between how the male brain and body works and processes as well as what they need in order to be healthy and strong versus the female brain and body and emotions and how that was created to actually be 100% the opposite of male. And if you aren't aware that we were designed to be opposite of each other, what it does is it drives you nuts. Yes. <laughs> well, it causes all the problems. And most women try to make men into women. Like if you were more, you know, if you felt more, if you shared, shared details more, if you if you right? thought more about what my feelings on the situation might got have it. been, yeah, exactly. You got it. If you were a woman, I would be happy. And the truth is, if he was a woman, you wouldn't be happy, right? Yeah. But men do the exact same thing to women. If you were more logical, if you would get to the damn point, right? <laughs> if more you structure, more rational. Yes. Exactly. More organization, right? More, just get get over it, let it go, um, get on with it, forget about it, be quiet. All of these things that are actually built into the way the male brain works. So men are trying to make women into men in order to feel more comfortable. And again, if his wife became a man, I don't think he would stay with her unless that's really what he was after, right? Yeah, exactly. And the yeah, relationships don't like it when you change dramatically. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And you get rid of all the things that brought the passion in the first place. Passion in relationships comes from our differences, not from our similarities. So oh. you don't want to get rid of all the differences. What you want to do is you want to, one, understand 
how they work, and then how to work with them to get the best out of them instead of destroying each other because you're irritating. Exactly, and celebrate the differences. So if you would like to connect further with Jeannie Goodwin, if you would like to get her gift, you can go to SovereignSelf.media. And on the, the speaker section, there, she's there with her gifts, and you can uh, hook up with her there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeannie. It's been a delightful conversation. It absolutely has. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. And thank you to all you who have joined and listened in on this conversation. I'd love to invite you to connect with me further. Uh, you can send emails to AskZofia, that's A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. And you can ask me whatever you want. You can ask for guests. You can ask for topics. You can ask for advice. I even do free coffee sessions. And until next week, I'd love for you to stay home and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 